everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is a doll that looks and sounds exactly like Mars! <laughs> <laughs> the, the scary part is that because it's a podcast, for all they know, I could be a haunted doll. Right? But except for, you don't baby talk, so... That's probably not haunted. Well, give me I don't even think creepy- I baby talked when I was a baby. Give me your creepiest um, request slash demand for a kiss. I don't know that I've had. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I was probably the creepy factor in all of the. the kisses. <laughs> uh, oh, I did. Well, okay, this wasn't a. It was just a creepy kiss, but it wasn't like a demand or a request. Okay. But I kissed a guy once where everything was like proceeding as normal, but then at the last second, it was just like an extended tongue, but no lip contact. And that's just what he wanted. Was Whoa. Yeah, it was real weird. And I was kind of like, this is not, is this what you normally do? Or did you lose a bet or something? You were like, <laughs> I dare you to be the weirdest person in the next time you kiss a girl and I just happen to be that girl. That, okay. So I had a totally different warm-up question, but I'm changing it because this is the best. So, okay. So you're, <laughs> all right. That's a really good one. I think yours, yours definitely has my beat, but I'm going to tell you my worst kiss. Like, I met this guy at the library, red flag number one. <laughs> he came to my house. Well, first of all, like, he was, like, very demanding about coming to my house. Red flag number two. But the final red flag was when I fi- when he kissed me and he came, he, like, detached his jaw like a fucking anaconda and covered my entire mouth with his mouth to kiss me. I hate that. It was, like, I could kind of feel his teeth on the other side of my mouth as we kissed. And it- See, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, is it this the product of, like, inexperience? Is it just a lack of self-awareness? Did someone dare you to do this? Or like, I know did someone I... lie to you in the past was like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's exactly how you do it. That was great. I couldn't breathe for a full four seconds. That was awesome. <laughs> you were like, I had a moment where I thought, this is how I die, but yay. Yeah, spot on. Keep Keep doing that, Jared. It's awesome. Yeah. When I first, like, started kissing, like, French kissing, it was, of course, during a game of Truth or Dare, um, but I thought you were supposed to put your tongue around and just move it in a circle, you know what I mean? Like, just around and around and around. Like, so, cleaning like... out a yogurt cup? When yes! You... <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I would kiss. It took a while before I finally realized, I mean, I didn't really even like it, but I was like, this is how you do it, I guess. Like... <laughs> Someone who, like, knew how to kiss, kissed me, and I was like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> but, yeah, I would just, like, go, like, clockwise. I w- and, like, if I went to Australia, I guess I would go counterclockwise. But, <laughs> but in America, I just, you know, like, around the clock, around the clock, around the clock for five minutes, you know? Seven minutes and, like, okay-ish, not heaven. I don't know. Just, that was... <laughs> okay, just mediocre. It was afterlife. not great. It was not great, but you know, I don't know. Man, there are a lot of times in my life that I would do again, but the early stages of figuring out making out is definitely not one of them. That's yeah. such an awkward time. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. I feel warmed up. You feel warmed up? I do. What no, was your told... original well, warm up question, though? It was if you were a ghost who had a ghost nanny, what would be your rules? Oh. Yeah. The weird kiss one was better. Weird kiss is better. Weird kiss is better. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. I, now I just have these like flashbacks of just this tongue in my mouth and no other contact, and the dude just being like, yeah, that's how people kiss, right? So, I... how long was his tongue that he was able to get it inside your mouth without actually contacting lips? long it was unnatural did i make out with a lizard man i was gonna say did this take place inside like a, a like one of those field circles you know like, what are those things called field circle you know uh prop circle yes <laughs> <laughs> long week Mars it's been a long week it, I mean the circumstance was strange it was so it was like a dude who was a friend of a dude who my roommate met at a Winco and she brought them back because we were both like 20 and they could buy alcohol so she brought them back to our apartment and they were making out in the kitchen and the friend was like, well, I'm going to try to make oh, out with this girl. And I was like, no. yeah, you know, whatever. I'll make out with you. And then he did the tongue thing. I was like, I'm out. Never mind. And then I think he was trying to be flirty because he was trying to like tickle me, but not a tickle motion. He just took two fingers and kept stabbing me in the armpit. And I was like, what are you? What? Why? No, none of this is what? good. None you of these made things. out with a fucking alien, dude. I, he might have been Bad like someone news. who was like learning human ways and was like test number 13 unsuccessful we'll try <laughs> next round of maneuvers because then after that they never i never saw either of them again which i mean is not really that surprising given the Especially circumstance considering but... they flew away on their spaceship yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are going to be reviewing a little movie called the boy but before we get started mars can you do me a favor and remind us Remind the listeners or people who may be here for the first time, maybe they heard me on a certain uh, satanic podcast and they decided they <laughs> want to come over and check stuff out. What is our spoiler policy? Spoiler policy is that we're going to spoil the just the whole entire thing. So if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled, probably uh, jump out now. But if you don't mind, you shouldn't. You should mind, though, with this yeah, one. Yeah, this one has kind of... It's got a good twisty twist. And so yeah. if you haven't seen it you should definitely go watch it first instead of listening to my amazing storytelling skills just explain <laughs> the movie for you <laughs> yeah this one like it's so focused like it's really a mystery and so like if we ruin the mystery that's that's no fun I know I feel kind of bad now about the coherence episode because we spoiled it almost immediately before we put out the spoiler alert and you and I made jokes about like ah but everybody knows you know whatever and then you did the Satanist podcast and then a bunch of new people showed up and they're like ah crap that's the most recent one yeah. are they going to start at the most recent one or are they I mean I'm one of those people who would scroll back to episode right. one and start at the beginning but not everybody no like I think that. most people would listen to the most recent one and then be like god damn it yep because that's also a really important one not Did to spoil. Did we spoil it, like, immediately? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We spoiled the, like, the entire ending, and then you were like, oh, by the way, Mars, what's the spoiler policy? And I was like, <laughs> oh. <Please suck. laughs> oh, well. You know? I mean, you know. at least we're cute and funny, I guess. Well, I guess so. We're going to have to rely on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've, we've properly warned everyone, this is where the spoilers begin. Like, it's, we're going to talk about every beat of this movie, and we're going to definitely talk about 
the resolution of the mystery. So, and it's pretty fun to see. So, not to spoil my opinion of the movie, but I this is one I would like. It gets kind of a bum rap, but I actually think it's kind of fun. So, don't spoil it for yourself if you haven't yeah. already watched it. Okay, I mean, give it a shot. It's worth giving it a shot. Oh yeah. Okay, that's fair. So, I picked this movie because I had seen it a long time ago. And uh, I remember, like, at the time, it did not get great reviews, and it was very, like, people either loved it or they hated it, and I really liked it. I was like, oh, it's a guilty pleasure. Um, So I wanted to go back and revisit it and see if I still felt the same way about it when I saw it the first time, if it held up the second time, and also just to, like, talk about it with somebody. And I always enjoy listening to what you think of a movie, so that's why I picked it. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that it got a a bad a bad rap and it did kind of like i think people either buy into the concept or they don't i thought it was good like i didn't have any i don't have any issues with That's it good. you know so it's like it was and i remembered you saying that when um when you chose it that you know you're kind of unsure about it because some you know a lot of people didn't really but you know, I don't know. I was it was weird because I watched it and I was like, I don't know what everybody's complaining about. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm looking up the Rotten Tomatoes right now to see what the score was yeah. for it. So, I mean, it's not it's it's not like the best horror movie I've ever seen, but it it got me. You know, it was did it's you a see solid the twist? Did coming? not at all. <laughs> the whole time I was watching it because I had you know I knew how it was going to resolve. Like I was kind of like. I could see all of the breadcrumbs, you know what I mean? So I was just like, I wonder if it's going to be super obvious, because it totally got me the first time. Yeah, I watched it twice, and the first time... Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, and the first time I I didn't get it at all. Second time, though, I I could see it, you know, but only because I knew it was coming. And there's actually, like, a lot of hints. Yeah, and it's actually kind of more interesting, well, not more interesting, but it's interesting in a different way when you watch it a second time, knowing how it ends when you start picking up on what's actually, what you're actually seeing. Mm-hmm. It's very oh, interesting. It yeah, this has 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. See, I think it's better than a 28. Yeah, I think it's better than a 28. <laughs> I mean, it's at least low, low 70s, high 60s for me. Okay. At least. Yeah, I... Oh, kind of always refer to this as a guilty pleasure and I realize I'm again getting ahead of myself but like I am upgrading it from guilty pleasure to just straight up pleasure I like it's a good movie, movie. okay all right let's <laughs> talk about this movie okay okay tell so us the, tell us about the movie the boy you're gonna have to tell me what her name is Greta okay Greta, so Greta Malcolm Brahms who looks exactly like Jared Kushner um uh, Colin no it's an Irishy name isn't it Malcolm Malcolm. Malcolm. And then it's Mr. Cole. and Mrs. Heelshire and Cole. Okay. I had like three of them. You did. You did good. You did good. That's a pretty that's a pretty good score for me. <laughs> I did forget the absolute main character's name. Yeah, but... but I mean she's supposed to be a proxy for us anyway, so we might as well just call her Mars. Do you know that uh that condition where that like um mental condition where people can't recognize faces like everybody's face looks the same i feel like i have that but for names where i just am like "Eh, everybody's got (laughs) names and i don't know any of them (laughs) i want you to just go around calling everybody john like Like, whatever part of your memory like part of your brain stores name memories mine's full up it's it's decided it's like you got enough friends you don't need to know anymore (laughs) 
Fair enough. You're okay, dead. so tell me about Greta. So the story is about Greta, who has moved to England to be a nanny for the Hillshires. Mm-hmm. Um, first time to England, shows up at the house, and no one's home. The cab driver's like, oh yeah, they had to go out, but you can let yourself in. Um, while in the house, kind of snooping, she hears... Or I guess she hears a sound that causes her to start looking around because she thinks right. someone's in the house. Um, and no one is. But this is where she meets. I already forgot it. Not Murphy, but Malcolm. Yeah, I knew you could get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just quick, like, slowly cycle through all of the Irish names I know throughout like, this shameless. podcast, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, Hamelin. Oh, man. Pat- Patty. <laughs> Donald no. with an M and an H. <laughs> <laughs> I even did it while watching the movie and I watched it twice. Every time we came on and I was like, oh, look, there's Carl Murphy. Carl That man. Sorry, um, I'm spilling coffee everywhere, so give me one second. All right, I heard that. So- <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> You're just too damn funny. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all good. Okay. Uh, so she meets... Oh, my God. I almost called him Murphy again. She meets Malcolm. Malcolm. His name is Malcolm. Oh. Malcolm. <laughs> this is turning into, like, a fight club mo- moment. His a name is bit. Malcolm. His name is Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she's in a child's room looking at some really old children's toys and... Turns around to Malcolm, who's the grocery delivery boy slash man slash he owns the grocery. And he tells her that he has a delivery and if she wants to come down, you know, she can show her around the kitchen. He's being all flirty and funny and stuff, which, according to my rule, immediately made me feel like he was going to be in on it and somehow villainous. Um, It's like the first of many um, red herrings. It's like, yeah. Oh no no no! This guy's way too fucking nice. Right, right off the bat, and like even even when it's like a possibly lonely dude who's meeting a pretty girl, but still, like I mean, we've talked about my thing before about how if you are in a new environment, a new village, it's the friendly ones that are actually the cult members, right. and it's the the standoffish ones that will try to save you in the end. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I immediately thought that he was going to be in on whatever this plot was. Which, by the way, going in, I considered either the dolls actually haunted uh-huh. or the adults are just psychopaths. Uh-huh. Were the two things that I was like, it's going to be well, one they, or the they other, do, right? like, something where they talk about how he's the same age as Brom. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> yeah, Brom. Yeah, no. part of my thought when they said that, I was like, oh, maybe this dude is actually Brom's and they're somehow needed a a sacri- I don't know. So I had lots of thoughts but none of them are what actually ends up happening. Fun. I didn't not even a little bit <laughs> at all. Amazing. Not even a single Amazing. part. Anyway, so while she's in the kitchen being just horribly flirted with because like the gums fortune teller move was weird like i don't know i feel like when you first meet a person you shouldn't ask to touch something that's been in their mouth that's a bold move that's right yeah that's taking some chances out with an anaconda or an alien at a crop circle like that's phase one and i just so i have this uh, problem possibly where i just don't filter (laughs) very well what i'm saying and if someone had asked me to see my gum i would not have just handed it over and been like i'll see where this goes i would have been like what you want my that I'm chewing on right now. You want me to put that in your hand? You know that's weird, right? You know that's a weird thing to ask of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not yes anding in like a flirting situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's but that's weird. your charm. That's your charm. I, we'll call it that. That's nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's very generous. <laughs> anyway, so he's doing this um, fake gum fortune teller bit. And he touches on a nerve where he says, oh, you're running from something dark in your past and something changes in her. And then she's like, game over. I'm throwing the gum away. At which point he tries to save it by being like, believe it or not, I was trying to flirt. And, and you know, as the audience, we're sitting there going, yeah, no, we we actually do believe that. We just, <laughs> it wasn't going well, buddy. No. Um, at this point, the Hillshires return and they say they're going to introduce Greta to Brahms, the child, the boy uh-huh. that she'll be taking care of um she gets criticized for having taken her shoes off which i understand both sides of this one because like no one was home to tell you like whether or not it's okay to wear shoes in someone else's house so it seems polite but i also it's one of those things where i just think it's weird when people walk into your home and just automatically take their shoes off i understand for such an automatic shoe taker offer i understand for like a lot of people and cleanliness and whatever and it's polite and but it's just strange to me i but i don't know it's just it's like it's like for me it's it equivalent if you you walked into someone's house and just like took your pants off and were like done wearing pants i'm like but you're in someone else's house (laughs) just because you're in a house how many times have you seen me walk in somewhere and just immediately take my shoes off and been like what the fuck is she doing (laughs) i don't think that i've seen it ever oh really i mean because i'm because all of our stuff that we used to do was at your house already i guess that's true like when i went to like hurley's house i would take my shoes off right but you were already drunk when I got there, yeah. so I don't think you were noticing anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, for some reason, and I, I fully understand that that's weird to think that that's weird. I get I it. Don't it's know polite. That it's weird. It's I mean, that's, cleanliness. Is it weird? Listeners, weigh in. Which one of us is weird? Me, who automatically takes my shoes off, or Mars, who keeps them on and thinks it's weird when people take them off without being told? I think it's, uh, like, I mean, if someone were to say this is a no-shoes house, I have no problem not wearing shoes. And some, well, right. I have a little bit of a problem. But I do it without complaint. Because <laughs> it's someone else's house. And I want to be respectful. Is that right? You want to keep your shoes on, even if you have socks on? I mean, oh, I know naked yeah. feet are not for you. But, like, you'd rather have your shoes on in someone else's house. See, <laughs> the thing is, is that I am... S- I so I'm so anti feet that I spend a lot of my time trying to pretend that they don't exist and people just have leg pegs that end in shoes. So when we go someplace and the shoes have to be removed and the delusion is dissipated and I have to accept the fact that I'm surrounded by other people's feet. Oh, it's not shit. that great. It's not that comfortable for me. But it that's why I equate it to like pants or something because okay. I'm like that is a necessary a clothing article. I feel that confident it, to say you would not touch someone else's feet. But I would die. I would kill myself first. <laughs> my mom once asked me to get, like, on Mother's Day, like, mother-daughter pedicures. And I was like, I would rather gnaw my own feet off at the ankle than have another person touch them or be okay, in a place that was my next feet. question. Like, would you let someone else touch your feet? Like, if you were dating someone and they were like, I want a shrimp. Nope. <laughs> Relationship over. <laughs> So no shrimping for you. Got it. Okay. Sorry. Continue. I don't know what that means, but I it's don't think I want to. It means sucking on toes because they're like little shrimps. Nope. <laughs> you never heard of shrimping? Nope. <laughs> My body temperature just rose so much higher. <laughs> and I don't know why I have such a problem with it, but I do. I have such a problem with it. <laughs> I don't even like acknowledging the fact that I have feet. 
Oh, that's so funny. Ugh. <laughs> so, like, a foot rub is never happening. No. Giving or no. receiving. I think, though, in the movie, I thought it was strange because this is somewhat a professional atmosphere, you know? She's showing yeah. up for the first time for a job. Right. You know? But it's a fancy-ass, like, uh, you know, museum-looking house. I might be like, do I keep my fucking shoes on? How old, like, how expensive and old are these rugs? Can I walk on them? Yeah. I think I probably would have just hovered by the front door until someone Oh, I would not up. have walked into the house anyway. Oh, like, no. shoes are so secondary to how much I would not have just walked upstairs at somebody's house. <laughs> right. Especially like, unless they were you're... calling for help, there's right. no fucking way I'm going upstairs anyway. So, like, the shoe thing is a non-factor. <laughs> that, yeah. Especially when you show up and you're like, well, I'm hoping I get this job, you know? Like, the last thing you want to be like, oh, yeah, I removed my clothing and wandered about your home. Hire me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So... Anyway, we got really hung up on... Shrimping. Yeah. I just... You gotta stop saying that <laughs> There's got to be some psychological, like, trauma event or something, because, like, <laughs> I can't, I, like, I don't know. Don't know what it is. Were you kidnapped by a foot as a child? Oh, my God. Now I'm going to have nightmares of me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> I did, that one was not meant to be further trauma. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Honest question. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Where were we? Um, oh, the Hillshires came home. Yeah. Yes, the Hillshires came home. And, and we're she... judging her socks, which were cute, by the way. I was into it... those striped socks. I'm not into patterned socks, so I'm really? neutral on them. I'm just neutral on patterned socks. I don't like or dislike them. I just. I feel like I bought you a lot of patterned socks. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. That's actually. I'm wearing a pair right now, actually, which I actually do like. It's the one that's got squirrels and a brontosaurus and an, an ostrich yeah, on it. Yeah, like... they have. When Unicorn I see weird horns. socks, I think, yeah, they all have, yeah, when I see weird socks, I think of you, I and guess. they're eating pizza. Yes! Yeah, I actually really like those socks. Okay, I was like, damn. I don't dislike patterned socks or decorated socks or whatever, it's just that when I buy socks, I'm just like, black and black, done. I don't know, I just, it's not. <laughs> the, the feet are not for fun, they're for business. Okay, they're for... okay. <laughs> I got you. So, wait, so you don't like shoes, you're not like into shoes. I actually am. But that's okay. because I like to pretend that's the only thing that exists south of the ankles. Just this, like, awesome shoe. Just a shoe. <laughs> just a shoe that you pop onto the end of your leg stick every morning. <laughs> oh my god, I'm worried you're gonna, like... Am I a robot? You might be. Am I the alien? You might <laughs> be. <laughs> Alright, so, judging of... Fridays Greta. are for self-discovery. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, anywho, so Mrs. Hillshire kind of judges her on the fact that she's no longer wearing shoes. And so they go to the front door to look for his shoes and they're gone. And Mrs. Hillshire is like, oh, it was probably Brahms. He's kind of playful. Ooh. Yeah. That really uh, takes on a lot yeah. more meaning yeah. the second time through. It real, real, it, it real do. It real do. Is, is what I was about to <laughs> say to you. It real do. <laughs> That's the true, true. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Dude, I wish I didn't have to drive. This conversation is making me want to drink, but like in a good way. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, so they go into the next room where Mr. Hillshire is talking to Brahms. And this is when Greta meets Brahms and discovers that he's a doll. 
and straight laughs in their faces. Oh, yeah, thinks it's a joke. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like she made a lot of mistakes in this job interview and somehow right. still gets the job, unfortunately, I guess, for her. Yeah. Anyway, this is where we go into uh, the list of rules and the routines and things. And Mrs. Hillshire is walking Greta through. These are the things that you'll be doing with Brahms. And and then tells her, you know, the best way to learn is just to do it. So all of a sudden, Greta's put on the spot on being told to wake up a, a doll while pretending it's a boy because her new boss is a psycho. Also, super judgy. Yeah, she is. I mean, she's. About as judgy as an elderly English woman is usually portrayed in most movies. Fair enough. <laughs> so, I mean, Sorry, very Jody. judgy. Sorry, Jody. <laughs> she was very judgy, but um, it kind of, I mean, it felt very in character for her with their big house and her, you know, all their artifacts. Mm-hmm. It seemed pretty stereotypical for the way they portray elderly English women. Sorry, Jody. Sorry. <laughs> We're not judging you, Jody, but. <laughs> I'm sure you will not be like that at all. New generation. (laughs) That was the past. (laughs) Moving forward. Yeah. Um, So Greta goes through a day of really uncomfortable and really uncomfortably learning how to take care of this doll all day long. And then is it at the end of this day that she gets a moment with Malcolm and is like, you could have warned me. And he's kind of like, well, what do you say? Like, I mean, I think... It's kind of later, but it's it's all this is all kind of like the set. This is all the first act yeah. stuff. So it kind of yeah, yeah. And so so Malcolm, it's revealed totally new that this child was a doll, and he tells her that, um, you know, Brahms died in a. F- I might be jumping ahead of the actual plot, but basically he tells Greta that um, well, Brahms she gets died the in job. A- yeah, she gets she- the job. She's told that Brahms chose her yes, after the parents the confer alone one. in a room with yeah. the doll. Yeah. And apparently he's rejected several nannies over the last year, and so she stays, she calls her sister, she just explains that this is crazy, but that she's going to stay anyway because she got hired to take care of a doll, so she may as well. And in this, she kind of alludes to whatever it is she's running from. Right. She's kind of like, you know, I just need to get away. And the sister says those things, those cryptic, like, uh, you know, after after what he took from you, and after, after all, and, you know. Yeah. I actually could, think the calls of the sisters are the worst part of this movie. It is, yeah. Because they're the weird info dumps that are unnecessary. Like, we could have put it to... But we didn't need those calls. You know what I mean? Like, because we get the full story later. Yeah. But, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, I felt the same way. Uh-huh. And especially since they're trying to do the thing where they're not trying... They're trying to hide the info dump behind, quote-unquote, normal conversation. But it's not, you know, that almost makes it more awkward when she's just like, after what he took from you. Oh, I know. You needed to get... Yeah. You know, like, all these weird little half-statements. And I, I wonder know. if, like, and maybe this is just my conspiratorial the uh, turn of mind, but <clears throat> I almost feel like they were shot after the movie. Like, they weren't originally included in the movie, but they needed, like, maybe, like, test audiences didn't understand what was going on, or they needed to explain exactly how Cole got there later. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like if they had left out... You know, the phone calls with the sister and Cole had shown up, I wouldn't have been taken out. Like, I, I would have believed it because stalkers right. have but one job, and, and that he only is has to, to stalk. Say, like, I got your address from your, your nephew or something. Yeah. You know? You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I would, it would yeah. have been believable for me if he just showed up because he had whatever done his stalker thing and figured, you know, figured exactly. it out. 
I would have been fine with it, but, you know, whatever. whatever. I guess I'm not in general audiences. <laughs> um, I also liked the movie, apparently, more than most people, so... Uh, right. <laughs> I guess so. Um, anyway. Um, she gets the job. The parents are, like, leaving for a vacation, for a holiday. Um, and they're, you know, very stressed out about it. And the f- Mr. Hillshire tells her like well we just haven't been away in a very very long time so you know whatever um she mrs hillshire leaves the list of rules and she stresses it's very important that you follow this routine and you do all these things and everything and then they have a moment that i didn't actually catch the first time but as they're leaving mrs hillshire hugs greta and whispers i'm so sorry and i somehow missed that the first time around i don't know how or what? I don't know. But somehow I missed that. I caught it the second time. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. How did I not hear that the first time I watched this movie? Like, that's not a good sign. Like, it's not. When your new employer's like, I'm so sorry. And, like, is warning her, like, if you're good to him, he'll be good to you. If you're bad to him, and then gets cut off. Like, that's not good. Yeah. That's not a good scenario where they're going to leave you in a house with, like, a landline, no Wi-Fi, no neighbors, no nothing. Like, just a freaking landline i feel like it's one of those times too where she should have you know maybe put on her big girl pants and been like wait 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 finish that thought before you go (laughs) you were saying can you expand upon that just real quickly (laughs) i'm gonna need a little elaboration i uh i'm gonna need you to stay until you explain what the fuck just happened (laughs) also where the fuck are my shoes yeah also still haven't found those goddamn shoes so wherever the doll hid them i mean it's a little bit of a plot point after the she discovers the doll that she's in, isn't like so yeah like where are my shoes at though yeah now i'm realizing i, I don't want to do that i'm gonna just love this movie so i <laughs> did think that though after she found out the that the boy was the doll i did have kept having that thought where i was like wait so she still hasn't asked the parents where her shoes went because that would have been like i mean i guess it got real awkward and you know like sometimes when you're in a situation like that like you don't know what you know what i mean like you're not necessarily asking the questions you want to ask yeah i I probably still would have though because i'm not good at social scenarios (laughs) (laughs) you're better than you think (laughs) (laughs) time's a stress Um, so the the hillshires take off and greta's just 100 percent like i'm not doing this routine it's a doll and there are no witnesses right um at this point, I think Malcolm has asked her if she wants to go out on the town with him, and, you know, he's like, well, Brahms isn't going to mind, because he's also, he's a doll, you know? And so yeah. we're in a, a situation where both the living adults that we think are the only ones in the house are like, well, yeah, it's just a doll. Let's just go out on go to town. So Greta takes a shower, and while she's in the shower, her dress and her necklace disappear. Super creepy. Uh, by just being slowly slid off screen, so we don't see who or what has taken them, but that they have been taken. See, this is one of the first times where, like, I one of the things I like about this movie is the way that they use point of view to misdirect. Yeah. So, like, basically, there's a lot of point of view in this movie. In this movie, Like, there are a lot of times where they're, like, looking through keyholes or, you know, looking through the house or you know, whatever the case may be. And they always are in, the camera's always in one of two positions. It's either very low, like, to child level or it's very high to ghost level. Like, yeah. You, so it never you never go like, oh, this is a person 
tight camera point of view. It's always this off the like an adult person's level. So yeah. So it's like one of the ways that this movie does a really good job of telling you it's this particular haunting type of genre movie before the, it's revealed. Yeah, because uh, in this scene in particular, when they take the dress and the necklace, it's that low camera uh-huh. where I really thought like, okay, if it is an actual haunted doll, that would be about right for yeah. the doll's height. This is the, I mean, it's Chucky cam, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like the classier Chucky cam because he's yes. British. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Brahms. Brahms. Oh, the name. It's so unbearable. <sighs> it's really the worst. It's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she gets out of the shower, realizes her stuff is gone and some of her hair has been cut, I guess. That was really creepy. Because she's spent a night here at this point, right? So you right. probably snipped it in the night. That's yeah. That that was a a creepy moment mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and then she can proceeds to do what I mean. Everybody in a horror movie does something stupid at least once, right? But and it's easy for us as an audience to look at them and be like, "Well, that was don't don't do that. That don't make different make different decisions. Make different." But the but thing what is, other is, decision does she have? She's alone in a house. Uh, she could put clothing on, right? Isn't that she still is wearing true. the towel when she yeah. goes up? And, so she goes up into the attic. That's fair. Because why not, I guess? Why not go into the attic? You're home alone in this house and your belongings have disappeared. You're with a doll that the parents want you to treat like a child. And I mean, your things disappeared when you were seemingly the only person in the house, right? And your first right. instinct is like, I'm going to go look in the attic. But I just mean like there's nobody there to look for you. Like you're kind. she's kind of on her own. Yeah, but see, this is where you employ the tactic of if it doesn't know I know it's there, then it will keep hiding in the attic. <laughs> Mars rules And will never two. come down here. <laughs> Mars rules. Okay, we need to start to keep tracking of the Mars rules. Mars rule one, number one is the nice people are the ones to watch out for. The mean people are the ones who will we'll save, save you, you later. Man. Mars rule number two is if you ignore the ghost, the ghost will ignore you. Right. If something is hiding... And just, like, slowly taking her stuff. It will continue to hide until you acknowledge its presence. Yeah, you're really just stirring. You're like, what is it? Like, stirring up the wasp nest or whatever. Yeah. Like, if had I been in her scenario, I would have gotten out of the shower and immediately, like, just, you know, that, like, cold fear when you realize your shit's gone and you're the only one in the house. Immediately put on clothing. Because even if it's, like, a regular human burglar, you want to still be in a towel when you confront this person? No. Shoes, pants, sweater. In that ponytail. In that order? <laughs> yes, in that order. Ponytail. Ponytail, got it. And then you go to your door, and you say loudly, for rule number two, loudly, but in a way that sounds like you're just talking to yourself, being like, huh, must have misplaced my dress. Guess I'll just sit in my room of knives. And then you close your door, and you do not go into the attic. Okay. <laughs> well, you've survived this long, so it must work. <laughs> I'm doing something right. <laughs> okay, so she doesn't listen to rule number two and goes up into the attic. Nor rule number three, wear as much, like, wear your clothes. If wear possible, your- wear your clothes. <laughs> Why are you going exploring barefoot in a towel? I have no idea. But that's just dumb. That is, yeah, that's fair. Those are fair rules. I don't know why people... But it happens in movies all the time. Women get out of showers and then continue to explore looking for whatever mysterious thing in their towel. And like, you didn't... Not even... <sighs> you didn't put any clothing on? 
Not a tactical vest. Nothing. How long does it take you to get dressed that you're like, don't have time. Gotta look now. Wearing the towel, dripping wet, no shoes. And then they step on glass or a nail or something. Like, that's why you wear shoes. That's why we wear shoes in the house. (laughs) What kind of construction zone are you living in? Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. So she's naked. Half naked in the in the in the attic. Yeah, she goes up into the attic, which I, never mind. I'll have to get over how much that doesn't make sense when people do it and just accept that it happens. But it's she just goes a up movie in, trope. Yeah. Uh, so she ends up in the attic, um, and the door closes behind her. And while she's in the attic, Malcolm shows up to pick her up for their night out and she's trying to yell at him and get his attention and he's just kind of like oh i don't know where she is it's so weird or whatever and then she turns around and sees what appears to be a human shape in the closet falls backward hits her head is fully knocked out until morning which is so bad for you it's not a good look no it's so bad like you're really not supposed to be knocked out for more well you're not supposed to get knocked unconscious at all but like if you're unconscious for more than a few minutes like that's brain damage though and she (laughs) went like hours she fully like the whole night. <laughs> Yikes! Well, that'll explain Act Two. But yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, totally. <laughs> so she wakes up the next morning and she calls Malcolm and she tells him the story and uh, you know he comes over to check out the attic and check out the house and everything and he's fully convinced that it was like an intruder of some sort or her imagination. Really, uh, he pulls the Which attic is door. My favorite Ormovi trope. Oh yeah, just yep. love that. That never gets old. (laughs) Like, how creative does your imagination have to be for you to come up with a story to then call a stranger who's not been that great at talking to you up until this point to be like, (laughs) here's this weird-ass evening that happened to me. You know, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Is to say these, to recount this story to someone and have them be like, oh, you were probably just imagining it. I feel about the, like, protagonist female protagonist telling other people what they're experiencing and being told they're hysterical is my version of people walking around in a towel after an intruder like that's how (laughs) much i fucking hate it 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 it, a lot of times ruins movies for me fortunately this movie kind of saves itself soon but like that trope it it is like instant flames on the side of my face i fucking hate it he does yeah he does the movie does redeem itself from this moment. Yes. Um, I have lost my train of thought. Okay, oh, so, is, is yeah. it here where she asks him what happened to Brahms? And yeah, we get some more of the, the Brahms tea. Yeah, so she asks him what actually happened to Brahms and how what Brahms was really like. And he tells her that Brahms died in a house fire on his, what, 10th birthday? 8th birthday. 8th birthday, 20 years ago. That's right, because they would have been the same age. And... She asks him, what was he like? And then he tells her that there's polite talk and there's pub talk. And the polite talk is that he was a lovely child, taken too early before his time. But the pub talk is that he was potentially a murderer. Uh, I think it's pretty clear he bashed that little kid's head in. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells her a story about how there's a little girl who used to come over once a week to play with Brahms. And then eventually she did not come home. And then they found her in the woods with her skull smashed in. And by the time they made it to the house to question Brahms, the house was on fire, right? Right. That was the order of events? Yeah. Yes. So it's, I mean, pretty heavily implied and also, like, as the movie goes on, like, yeah, he straight up murdered that little girl. Yeah. Um, I forgot what happens after that. 
So I think, I mean, like, I think he leaves and um, she continues to have these, like, very, she's still not following the rules. And there's all these sort of, like, spooky doings occurring. Right. Um, which culminates with. Uh, Is he bringing the sandwich? Yeah, well, he calls her and asks, Oh, that's right. He yeah. calls her on the phone and is using his little boy voice. Yeah. And so at this point, I was thinking, okay, well, now it's a haunted doll. So it's not psycho parents. It's a haunted doll. All right. Yeah. Got it. I was still wrong, but, you know, that's where I settled. Where I was like, well, I mean, well, you know. it's, well, here's the thing is, like, it's the movie is trying to lead you down that path. But instead, like, normally something like that, which would be a trick, um, and like kind of a cheap trick actually turns out to be so much fucking creepier. Oh, oh than yeah. You ever could have imagined. <laughs> oh, it's so much creepier than a ghost calling you on the phone. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure at one point Greta was like looking back on this whole thing and she's like, "Man, I wish that would have been a fucking ghost." Oh, for sure. <sighs> Cuz she's like into the ghost cuz at this point she finally is like, "Oh my god, Brahms is when the when the father said like you know, he's still very much with us. Yeah. Ugh. She's talking about his ghost. And so she's, this is where we find, finally find out her backstory. Because she brings back Malcolm, Malcolm and proves it to him. That there's a haunting yeah. going on. That Brahms is moving around and stuff. And Which then is they a go... great moment. And I was like, thank you. Like, that never happens in movies. Like, I, I know. was sure that the doll was just going to sit there and he was going to be like, sorry, I don't believe you and leave. Me but too. It like totally like caught me off guard. And I was like, yes. Okay. This is a much more interesting story you're telling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt the exact same way. I really thought she was going to open the door again and the doll was going to be in the same place. And it was just going to be like a, okay, Greta making things up again, you know, but so yes. I was really, really happy when they did move. And then they go on this like little victory walk where she's like a little too happy that it's a ghost and that it was proven and right. that, you know, cause not that she's necessarily celebrating, but she just seems way less freaked out than I think one should be when one finds out that they are alone in a house with a haunted doll. Yeah. Personally. Mm -hmm. um, it's about here that she explains that she had a really abusive boyfriend back in the States and that she fell pregnant and then he beat her up and she lost the baby. And that's why she came here. And uh, at one point she has a phone call with her sister and we find out that her nephew gave Greta's address to the stalker boyfriend and... It's not great. Not great things. No. I think uh, it's also about this point where we catch up with the, what the parents with have the been parents. up to. Yeah, which so, is a chilling scene, actually. Yeah. So we pop in on the parents. The ma Mrs. Uh, Wilsh Hillshire Hillshire mm -hmm. is writing a letter to Brahms, which at the point at this point in the movie, when I still thought it was a haunted doll, I did not think it was that strange because she, you know, obviously thinks or wants to believe that the doll is really her son, etc. And then they fill their pockets with stones and just go walk out into a lake and drown. Yeah. That's, that's it on the parents. And it's it's actually like kind of an intense scene where they go and they pick up the big stones and then you like have shots from underneath the water as they're walking hand in hand deeper into the water and you're yeah. just like what level of despair are these parents in that they would do this and you know there's something hinky going on but you're still kind of laboring under this idea that like you know there's a certain level of grief attached to why the parents are behaving there this way and it's like linked with the fact that um greta is also like 
being drawn into this because of grief and like feeling like this is fate because she lost a child and now here's this ghost child and she can take care of this child. And so like, it's still very much like telling like you feel very comfortable and like knowing what kind of movie this is at this point. Like you yeah. feel like the themes are coming together, like whether or not you buy into it is probably the difference between whether people like this movie or not. But like, it's all kind of painting a very ghosty picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw it twice and I've already lost. I go straight to the end. Cause... I, I mean, the the last 30 minutes of this movie are freaking intense. There's only yeah. really two more important things that happen. And that's when her and like basically Malcolm and her have like a moment where they try to hook up. Oh, right. And, and Brahms, Brahms music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, so I understand. I totally get it. It was Brahms being like, no, 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 that's my nanny. I don't want you doing that. She's mine. But part of me was like, well, I mean, you don't know when you have roommates and your roommate's about to have sex, sometimes you play loud music as a courtesy to be like, it's okay. Yeah. You do that. I'll drown you out. I know that's not what he was doing, but part oh, of me was no. like, maybe he was just trying to be courteous. And I was like, okay, I'll just play my music super loud to drown out the sounds of but that. then you see the life-size version of her and you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> Again, we're skipping ahead. So yeah. that happens, and that's when Malcolm, like, fully discloses to to Greta exactly, like, this Like this is not a good ghost. If oh, this really yeah. is a ghost, it's the ghost of a child murderer. <laughs> right. But she refuses to leave, which is a kind of a bummer for multiple reasons, including what happens next. Yeah, so Greta's fully bought into this. Fully. She's caring for the doll. She's carrying it around she's like it's She's walking it around like know. a crazy lady. Yeah, she's, and she's really, you know, and it's like, she's no longer just holding it like it's a doll. She's holding it like it's a child, you yeah. know, like we've, yeah. Um, talking to it and things Pissing like it. that. Yeah, stuff like that. But like, in a loving way. Like, yeah. she's actually like super bonded to it. And like, when she has conversations with it, like, it's like, she really is connected to this kid. Like they're everything that like the Brahms could have ever wanted is finally happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then Cole shows up, right? You That's sure do. I'm, I'm not missing anything. No, I mean like, I mean, there's probably little beats here and there, but like, yeah. let's talk about what really matters. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we held out this long without even talking about what the end is. And so, like, first of all, I'm proud of us for growing up. But second of all, I'm <laughs> running out of the ability to, like, not just scream oh, out. Like, the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Greta's in the house with Brahms. Someone, she hears someone playing pool. She thinks it's Malcolm. It's not. It's Cole, the, the abusive ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. who has trailed her to Europe. Which is kind of impressive for a stalker. Not that I'm like supporting stalker tendencies, but that's a distance. Like yeah. I probably would have given up. I probably would have been like, "You bought mm. a plane ticket last minute? That shit ain't true." Like, duh. And you then you got to really rent a car. Want to beat somebody up? Yeah, you got to be really committed to this. I guess. I don't know. I maybe I'm just rent lazy. A car. <laughs> You'd be a terrible stalker. I would. You no. Know. I'd be like, ugh. <laughs> 40 miles. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you got away this time. <laughs> I would be the worst stalker. You anyway. Would be a terrible stalker. I mean, you, you're a very good online stalker, but like IRL, not so much. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. No. Nope. Yeah, I uh I live within like 2 miles of a of crappy grocery store that doesn't have a lot of the stuff that I like in it, and I live like 
seven or eight miles from one that does, and I still go to the crappy one that doesn't have anything that I like. Because I'm like, oh, you are, too you far. You are my people. <laughs> so I would be a bad stalker, I yes. guess, was the point I'm trying to make. Agreed. Um, so uh, Malcolm shows up and fakes say, oh, I've got a delivery if you want to you know, help me with this. But really, so he can pull Greta aside and he's like, you're not going to let her stay, right? And Greta's like, oh, no, 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 no. I have a plan. I have a plan. Um, and uh, Cole has told her that he's there to come get her, to bring her back. And he finds out that Brahms is a doll and he's relieved because he's like, yeah, I didn't know what we were going to do with the kid, but it's a doll, so now we can just go, right? And she's kind of... She's not forcefully telling him he needs to leave or that she's going to stay. She's just kind of like, no, I'm... You know, which I guess is kind of, I mean, she's afraid of him, you know, yeah. like, reasonably. Um, She does end up letting him stay in the house on the couch. And she falls asleep with Brahms in a bed, either Brahms, I don't remember if it was Brahms' bed. Or... She gets into bed with Brahms. And the thing yeah. is, is, like, she, I think the reason she's playing it so cool is, A, she's scared, but B, she also has the secret weapon of having a ghost. That's true, yeah. You know what I mean? So she, like, sneaks into bed with Brahms and, like, whispers and begs him for help. Like, I need you yeah. to help me. Yeah. Yeah, which back when I still thought it was a ghost, I was like, well, that's dicey, asking yeah. ghosts for favors. Right. That's... But that, like, ghost is a total desperado, so of course it wants her to stay. I feel right. like if you ever have leverage on a ghost, it's Brahms. Well, and that's what got him to move when she's trying to prove to Colin. She tells him, like, if you don't prove this, then I have to go away. And then right. she closes the door, and then he's moved after that. So I guess it has been proven that if she, you know, tells him that if you don't do this thing, then I have to go, then he does whatever it is. Right. So Cole wakes up because something's dripping on his face. And it's rat blood and dead rats. And someone's written on the wall, get out. And he immediately thinks that it's Greta uh -huh. um, and starts screaming at her. And she runs in and finds Brahms already in the room. And then uh, Malcolm. God, I um, I got his name like four, three, four times in a row without thinking. I'm and then so I just. Proud of you. I wanted to call him Grady this time, which is weird because that's not even close to any of the names that yeah. I'd already said. <sighs> okay. I do All not right. know what's happening. I have. Friday Mars is, uh, she's a little all over the place. I like it. Grady. Grady. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that one came from. Anyway, so Malcolm, who didn't actually leave, he just kind of went and sat in his car and fell asleep because he wanted to keep an eye on the Cole and Greta situation, um, comes running in. Cole grabs Brahms and, you know, every, both Greta and Malcolm become very desperate to get Brahms back and they're trying to do the thing like just give me give me the doll just give me Brahms just hand him over and then Cole swings the doll by his ankles and shatters his head Were on you the chair. just like Fool! yeah <laughs> in what is an honestly terrifying moment yes even though I don't have a connection with this doll I think it's creepy how easily Greta has accepted that she has a ghost doll son right but still, like, when he started swinging that doll from the ankles, I You're got like, tense. no, 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 I got no. so tense. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Like, it was actually, like, witnessing a murder when he smashes the and head and the eyeball. So and violent. And, like, the yeah. way it smashes and the eyeball rolls off. It is such a, even though it's 
clearly bloodless. It's like ceramic. It is such a gruesome, just like head explosion that you're like, you feel it when it happens. Yeah, it's like honestly so upsetting. And then when you see <laughs> Greta, how upset she is because she's just watched her ex boyfriend murder her new son, basically. Yeah. And she's, you know, and that's when I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally he's released the ghost from the vessel, right? right? Yes. Because then all of a sudden lights flickering and there's banging in the walls and things are moving and whatever. And Malcolm and Greta are like, we got to get out of the house. The ghost is free. Cole steps up to a mirror. Uh, The mirror punches him, I guess. It explodes. Yeah. And this is when it's revealed what Brahms really is. And it was so (laughs) creepy. So the mirror explodes. Cole hits the ground. And I'm looking at this broken, shattered mirror like, okay, are we going to see a zombie boy crawl forth or something? And then a real human arm spiders out to the side of the mirror. And a real living human man comes out of the wall. With a bronze mask on. It's so much worse than a ghost. It is terrifying. Like, Brahms as a doll and a ghost is creepy. Right. Brahms as, like, a beardy, horny wall dweller with a baby voice is fucking terrifying. So much worse with all that exposed chest hair and, like, the skin looks all greasy and slick. Like, he's not a showerer. He's not big on showers. No, you'll hear it in the walls. I'm assessing. And all he wants to do is, like, so you know this uh, it sets off my ick factor a lot too because all he wants is like to be held by greta and be closer i'm like man that guy cannot smell great no when he demands a kiss at the end oh Uh. kiss Ah! (laughs) so like before we go too far forward i just want to talk a little bit about like the this scene okay so like he smashes the bait the doll's head and then like all hell breaks loose but what's great is an up until the very moment his head comes out of that wall this movie is explicitly telling you this is a ghost story this right. is a ghost story because they use in like he's going we understand afterwards that he's going around the walls banging on the walls but the like the film language in this movie and like the trope of like old haunted houses like in these gothic sort of mansion haunting movies like 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 the haunting from like what is that the 50s is this is how they created the idea of a haunted house right was like the Mm -hmm. rumbling behind walls and the like moving around of pictures on walls and things so like the film language is all saying ghost so like you are fully like probably peak bought into the fact that this is a haunting right before he sticks his face out of the wall which is fucking amazing what happened it was so so effective tell me about what mars is thinking when that face like were you like what the fuck yeah yeah pretty much as soon as so the mirror exploded and i was still like it's a ghost but like part of me was starting to be like is it though and then the hand and i was like well that looks real that looks human and alive but who knows what's the rest of this oh fuck it's a person that's a real person that's a whole human man living in the walls yeah. And you and I have explored both of how both of our sense of feelings on on knowing yeah. people could be in the wall. Yeah, it's not yeah. okay. It's not okay. <laughs> not okay. What's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> or like all those stories of like um you know homeless people sneaking into like elderly people's houses who can't make it up the stairs anymore and then they just live on the second floor. Yeah. Because you know 
and the elderly people came home and found that their radio station had been changed and stuff like that. Or the guy, the guy in Japan who a woman like broke into his house and was living in his like under TV cupboard for like Fucking months. Insane, dude. That's why I'm terrified of that. Because it means that she would have to like the ring style uncurl herself from this tiny little cabinet every time he went to bed or work or whatever. And can you imagine seeing that on your security camera? Oh my god! <laughs> Burn that house to the ground. Nothing good can grow no. here. No. <laughs> Salt that earth. <laughs> it's done. It's a wrap. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. Uh, okay, so this is where it just gets all sorts of chasey and violent-y. Yes. Um, Brahms attacks Cole and kills him with um, a piece of his own doll's face. His yeah, own face, does. his doll face. Stabs it straight into his neck. And then goes, well, Greta and Malcolm run off. And then uh, the chase is for basically, I mean, for both of them, but for violent ends for Malcolm and to get Greta back is, is, is yeah. Brahms' motivation. They make it into... I'm confused. Is this like a basement? I got confused about with the running and where they uh, ended I up. I mean, they're they're definitely running through the walls, right? Um, right. There's like passages into like all the closets. We see like oh yeah, yeah. Um, like basically every room they go into, he's got a way to get in, and they eventually go through the walls. And I guess there's probably maybe in the part of the house that like quote unquote burned down. Oh yeah. He's got his own little apartment in there, and that's when she finds the Greta doll that has her dress and her necklace. <sighs> and then and, the letter uh, from the, and the letter. yes the letter that the mom wrote that she didn't read but that brahms took yeah. and read and was told like oh she's yours now have fun Ugh. 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 indeed um anyway so the chase continues they make it to they gotta find a door to the outside um but malcolm does the thing where he's like no you go i'll slow him down it's like no when has that ever worked? When have you ever right. slowed down a murderer and then been like, oh, he's slower and I'm out now? No. Never. Never. So she doesn't want to go without him. She does. She runs, makes it to the gate, realizes that she doesn't, she can't just leave him there. Right. right? Because he's Bronx like, if tells you her, go, I'll kill him. Yeah. In his kind of child. Well, that, the thing is, is he goes from child, as he gets angrier, the, he loses the baby voice. Yeah. And you hear, like, the angry man, and I was like, oh, oh And no. he's so, the way he moves his, in the mask. You know oh. what? Mask killers don't normally freak me out. I know that's sort of like a a thing, like Jason, and I actually think he's the scariest mask yeah. killer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like he's not wearing the mask to be like, this way you don't know who I am. He's wearing the mask because he's like, but this is who I am. You know? And so, like, the psychology right. for him is scarier than a murderer. And just, just like, to. the beard underneath the baby Ugh. face and the fucking, his eyes are terrifying. Yeah. When he's just, like, breathing heavy and looking at her through the mask. Ah! Uh. It's so creepy. <laughs> so... Greta sneaks back into the house, finds a screwdriver in a dresser drawer, or in a table drawer, or whatever. Finds Brahms, hides the screwdriver in her back pocket, and is like, okay, let's, you know the rules, let's go to bed. And he, like, smells her hair, and this was when I got all the ick factor feelings. I'm like, meh, he doesn't bathe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She takes him to bed. She's trying to be, you know, you know the rules, Brahms. You know, you know, you gotta go to bed now and fall asleep. And that's the gr- creepy kiss. Yeah. When he, like, grabs her for the kiss, I was like, no. Yeah. But then she stabs him. Yeah. So, you know. There's I've... that. 
So I guess, like, at some point you kind of I mean, have I do, to... Like, we do have to get a little Freudian about it, that, like, he is grabbing her to kiss him, and she instead penetrates him a couple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take that. Um, is this where she finds Malcolm? I I mean, I her and Malcolm bounce, right? Yeah. yeah. So she finds Malcolm, they leave, they're in the car, they're driving away, and she's, you know, reflective on... All that has happened. Right. And we're all just very shook by what just occurred. <laughs> right. Because it was a lot of information and not a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of things happened. Yeah. And then we go, we get a glimpse back at the house of Brahms, who is just a wizard with a glue gun. And yeah. put the doll almost completely back together, save for a few little chips here and there. Because he's not dead. Because why would he dead. be? No, of course not. Why would Brahms be dead? It's like, um... The zombie land rules, do you remember? And it's like rule 11, the double tap. Yeah. Well, she did double tap. Yeah, but I mean, I think you need like proof of successful yeah, you gotta go second ahead. Tap. You gotta go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't torso twice. You gotta go ahead. I mean, granted, it's not like, I mean, he's probably just gonna starve to death in the house, right? Because he doesn't seem like the I'm going to leave and find you type. Yeah, like I don't and think now- it's about to get a lot better for Brahms up in there. And it's not like he's gonna put out a Craigslist ad of like, come be a nanny. Right. Oh, all right. So, what do you think overall of the boy? I thought it was good. I thought the twist was really well done because, like I said several times, like I really didn't think that there was going to be that kind of twist. I assumed a little twist just because you have to have an impactful ending, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect it to just turn completely around and be like, oh, actually, it's way worse than you thought it was. Right? Rarely does that happen. Usually when you get to the twist, like, you get the satisfaction of having some level of resolution and, like, understanding of what's happened, but rarely are you surprised in a way that actually elevates the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this one did, and I I honestly do not... I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. Continue, finish what you're saying. No, that was... I just... Okay. you go. So, yeah, like, the, I I really, I, I kind of, like, apologetically enjoyed this movie when I would talk about it in the past. But, like, now, having watched it again, like, I see the flaws. I'm aware that this is not Citizen Kane of Horror. I got it. But, like, as far as sort of, like, I love a gothic story. I've been watching that Haunting of Hill House. Are you watching oh, that? Oh, I'm going to start that soon. Yeah. So, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to start. I'm only, I'm on episodes. I'm about to start episode five or six. It's so good. But anyways, I love a gothic story. And this movie is, like, kind of like the horror version of Jane Eyre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, like, I love that. I, like, I, the, she's sort of like the, you know, the au pair or the, the governess coming to this, like, gothic mansion and finding out that there's, like, this dark secret hidden in this home. It's very, like, turn of the screw. It's very, like, isn't that the name of it? Turn of the screw? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it's very the innocence. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's not an amazing film like The Innocence, even though I don't really love that movie, but whatever. Um, like, but I love that kind of story. And if this movie were done, like, with in period costume, I feel like people would be more into it, but because it's, like, a modern take on that, I think people dismiss it. But I think it's I think it's great. I also really like sort of some of the themes they explored. I, I talked a little bit about, like, you know, the way that the film uses misdirection like with the camera work and stuff but i also love 
like okay now i can't take full credit for this i read this article that was on um horror homeroom which is a website that i absolutely love if you are a horror nerd you should be looking at horror homeroom it's like a very academic approach to horror and they there's this whole there's an article on the boy where they talk about how this movie is about it kind of flips the idea of the way like psycho or the original friday or i guess maybe the sequels to friday the 13th and there's like a domineering mother character that traps a child and creates like you know like kind of breaks their psyche and they turn killer because of like this domineering mother figure mm-hmm. and this movie flips that script and it becomes about a child that is domineering and controlling and sort of the horror comes from this insistence on maintaining childhood into adulthood and how like that victimizes the maternal figure so that's really interesting i feel like this this movie can be thrown away like it's super like fluffy ghost story but i actually feel like it's talking about interesting things in a way that I'm you're I'm unaccustomed to. And like there's this whole idea of like arrested development, like young men who feel overwhelmed by needing to like become adults in the current society and the way that like it's like so unappealing to be an adult and so difficult to be successful. Ugh, it sucks so hard. It sucks so hard. I totally agree. But like there is this desire to regress into childhood or just like stay at home with your parents or to like just stay in a basement and play video games all day. And so this is kind of like the first horror version of that story. I don't know. I highly recommend it. I will put the link to the specific article in the show notes. But just in general, Horror Homeroom is a great site. I love it. Like whenever I see a really interesting horror movie, I immediately go there to see if somebody's writing about it. (laughs) There's some great stuff about like hereditary on there. The thing is, is it's not just sort of like quote unquote elevated horror, which is a phrase I fucking hate, but... Like, it's also, it also kind of goes into some of the more schlocky stuff and, like, talks about, like, cultural perspective on those things. So That's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I've never heard of that. We'll check it out. Yeah, I think you'd like it. So, I I love this movie. I think Brahms is terrifying. And I'm so glad that you liked it and we got to talk about it. Ah, I really, I really did like it. And it did get me. Did not see it coming. Did not see that coming in the least. (laughs) <laughs> the last time we watched a movie with the dude in the walls, I knew it was a dude in the walls. But I did not what? know this was going to be I a dude in the walls. Movies with dudes in the walls. What's that about? Yeah, this is like your second or third one. Huh. I feel like maybe we are. Maybe Friday is about getting to know yourself. A little, <laughs> little self discovery today. <laughs> Find yourself Friday. Find yourself Friday. I like it. <laughs> All right. So. Maybe it's your, your you know how I like the Dinner Party Gone Awry horror movies? Maybe yours are surprise dude in the wall. Like, I've already thought movies. of another one we should watch that has a dude in the wall. But, like, <laughs> I have to wait a while or you'll definitely know there's a dude in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your thing, apparently. Mine is... Apparently. I thought my favorite kind of horror was folk horror, but I think it might be dude in the wall horror. It might be. I think it's dude in the wall <laughs> But I can't tell anybody, I can't, like, recommend movies to people saying, like, this is my favorite genre now because everyone's going to be, like, dude in the wall. It's a, to <laughs> say true. I like it is a spoiler. Oh, shit. That's, oh, that is a catch-22 right there. Well, I promise at least mine... you, at least the next few will have no dudes in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm going to think every movie you suggest as a dude in the wall is going to be like, Fuck. is this the one? Is this the one? Because at least, you know, with mine... It's straightforward. Dinner party gone awry. Like yeah. that's always just the, like that's the tagline. The setup. It's not yeah. the twist. Yeah. 
Ooh, huh. yeah, yours is a tough one. I guess I'm just gonna have to hope, I'm gonna have to, like, somehow incept it so you pick a dude in the wall movie, and I'll be like, this was the dude in the wall movie! <laughs> <laughs> I like how, uh, your favorite horror genre went from, like, folk horror to dude in the wall! <laughs> I know, right? Like, like, my better self, like, my more, like, academic, like, higher-minded self is like, I enjoy folk horror and exploring the human experience through the myths and mythologies that we create to help us understand the greater, you know, whatever. The intricacies to, of the human. The <laughs> <laughs> but my real self is dude in the wall. <laughs> it's like the people who say things like, oh yeah, my... My favorite movie is, uh... oh, well, now I can't think of any smart movies. My favorite movie is Citizen Kane, but really they love, like, The Fast and the Furious 2 right? or something. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Like, that's all of us. Anybody who says their favorite movie is Citizen Kane is bullshit. They can appreciate ever... it, but they're not watching it over and over again. They're watching, like, grown-ups over and over again. Like... I watched the first five minutes of that movie and was done. Oh, was... Rosebud. Done. <laughs> And then everybody was like, the sled was Rosebud? It was like, he literally said the word Rosebud over an image of a sled. How is this surprising to everybody in the end when they're like, the sled is Rosebud? I'm like, that's, I watched five minutes of that movie and picked that up. I don't know what the rest of that movie is about. No idea. But apparently that's. The boy has a better twist than Citizen Kane. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Mars has spoken. <laughs> also, I totally was supposed to have watched that movie and wrote a report on it for college. I definitely turned that report in, but I don't know what it said. So, yeah. you know, who knows what that happened. I think that... I just, like, wikipedia it, maybe? I mean, yeah. I don't even think I did that, because I honestly don't know what the rest of the movie is about. Well, we're going to keep our shoes on, but what are we going to do while we have our shoes on and we're watching this movie? What are we going to drink? Oh. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, I actually did try to think about this. Okay. But I, so, I don't know. I had a hard time with this, because I already did the thing where it's like, well, it should be like a child's drink with like a punch of alcohol in it, because right. it's kind of that way, right? But I did that already for The Gate. Right? Mm -hmm. Where he said Kool-Aid and something or other. So then I was just trying to find, like, I don't know. I I didn't pick anything for this one. Because I was trying to think of, like, what's something that's, like, sweet that you drink a lot of, but then all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, I'm, like, dangerously drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, something that could bust out of a wall and surprise you with how drunk you suddenly are. Yeah. Is it just, like, a bunch of shots? Because you're doing them and you're like, yeah, that was fun. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm peeing in a bush right now. I'm way too drunk. Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe you just drink until... Is it just like pink lemonade with a bunch of whiskey in it? Yeah, I think maybe. Just like a bunch <laughs> of fucking pink lemonade. There you go. Let's do that. That actually sounds delicious. All right, cool. So we don't have any feedback this week because we never do. Um, <laughs> but we asked a question this time. I don't remember what it was. Oh, wait. Who was crazier about the feet thing? Um, so hopefully next show we will have some feedback. But if you want to send us some feedback, you can email us at rachelatslobbygirls.com or you can find us on the Facebook page. That's where we are most of the time anyway. So uh, it's the best way to get in touch with us. Leave us comments on the um, post or, you know, just hit us up on Facebook. Uh, and if you're enjoying the show, leave us a if you're enjoying the show, leave us <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> leave us a return on the I've been some of the pink lemonade. <laughs> Apparently it's from the Bill Cosby. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. 
It's just, I'm sorry, it's funny because this is not the first time you tried to say leave us a Ratoons on the iReview, and it's just so funny to me. <laughs> Something about Ratoons is hilarious. Yeah. I swear I'm not drinking. <laughs> it reminds me of that Family Guy joke where they have to go into witness protection and Peter falls over in the outhouse. He's like, it's in my raccoon wounds. <laughs> If you're enjoying the show, leave us an iTunes review. Uh, five stars, please. Okay, thanks. Okay, next one is your turn, Mars. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to, what should people, if they're playing along at home, watch before episode 25? Next time, we will be watching Truth or Dare, made in 2017, not in 2018 or 2013, right, was the other version. Right. Yeah, 2017. They all ha- seem to have the same basic premise of six to eight friends play a game of Truth or Dare that they have to complete. But that's the one we're watching, the 2017 one on Netflix. So Okay. Sounds good. It might be super gory, and it might be super awful. Who's to say? Who is to say indeed? Well, I guess us in two weeks. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, right. That's what we're here for. I forgot. <laughs> I thought it was just to talk about toast. Okay. Again, you know, it's like, it's this made-for-TV movie made on sci-fi, so potentially it's not, but the trailer is selling it real well. Really? Okay. I'm afraid I want to watch the trailer because I want to see what you're talking about, but I don't want to because, like you said, what if all the best bits are in the trailer? Yeah, I have a feeling that might be the case. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go in blind. Yeah, that might be better. And who knows? Maybe we found a hidden gem. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of the goal of this, right? Ultimately, is to find the hidden gems. And I feel like maybe there's a chance that people are going to discover that with the boy. Like they might have passed it up because the reviews were so bad. And they were passing up a really good movie that we just spoiled for them. (laughs) (laughs) But I would be a little surprised because it is sci-fi. Normally, I feel like sci-fi movies are like, you know, Arctic Tornado Spider versus Ocean Crocagator. And I'm not used to seeing... You know, you know. That, like, as soon as you finish that sentence, sci-fi, like, greenlit another movie. They're like, we have a new idea! <laughs> the internet it's is like, crying out for it! It's like every time a baby laughs for the first time, sci-fi greenlights another monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, I think that sounds exciting. We'll definitely, we got our, our plan for next week. Um, Marzi, you want to take us out? Thanks for coming back. Uh, please watch the movie or we're going to spoil it. Now I'm nervous that it's going to be awful, so that'll be exciting for all of us, I suppose. And come back, please. (laughs) You're really selling it, Mars. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how I could have done this 24 times and still every time you're like, take us out. And I'm like, and uh, thanks for all of you and the listening and (laughs) return, good friends, please. (laughs) I just talked... I just talked for an hour and 48 minutes. Yeah. And then we get to the end and all I have to do is just give a simple goodbye. And then I just, I can't, I don't know what the block there is. You have many gifts. The Lord has given you many gifts. Taking us out? Not one of them. And yet better than when I do it. So you're stuck with it. Sorry. Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I think... I mean, if you like the awkwardness, then I'm I do. Nailing it. I do actually enjoy the awkwardness. Maybe that's nailing what it. Is. it. Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving all that in. <laughs> Find yourself Friday. I accept myself for who I am. I like awkward. it. Awkward and tries to. I'm a foot denier. I'm a foot. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs>
all, I have all that foot stuff staying in too. <laughs> I think it's time to invest in some sandwich boards so we can just write the end is nigh and walk around with that because <laughs> it's, it's time. It's time. The t- the, sam- the era of the sandwich board has begun. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so Drunk Mars does this thing that we're all familiar with where she just buys shit on the internet for no yeah, reason. Right. And there was a time when I kept getting like really bizarre jewelry in the mail from Groupon. And I was like, what is the thought process here? And then realized that that Whiskey Mars is planning on being a jewel merchant in the apocalypse. (laughs) Because paper money will have no value. But sparkly things, humans will always crave sparkly things. That is true. What's my currency going to be? I don't think anybody wants, like, vintage ceramic cats i think you're gonna have to start (laughs) learning how to make moonshine good idea i think that's a good angle right i could oh my god yes i like our end of the world like moonshine bar idea yeah right (laughs) oh man i can sell my rings on the side i'd rather be a bartender in your post-apocalypse treehouse bar (laughs) you know like here is going back to mars roll number two is that if you tell the octopuses that we know they're from another planet, <laughs> that's when they're going to call the rest of the space octopi down to control and right. put collars on the humans. So if we just keep pretending that they're fun aquarium pets, they're going to leave us alone. Followed by Mars World number three, everybody start wearing their shoes all the time because the octopi are coming for us. <laughs> 